Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, it's Gary here from Spark of Rebellion, and we would love for you to listen to all of our brand new episodes when they land every single Saturday. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app of choice or pop over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and come and join our other patrons. And thank you so much for your continued support. Now, may the force be with you and on to this week's Spark of Rebellion. Hello there. Hello there and welcome to Spark of Rebellion, the weekly Star Wars show coming to you from a galaxy far, far away. I'm your host, Mark Asquith, and today on the show, before I bring in my co-pilot, I'm just going to give you a heads up that we are going to be talking through an abandoned Star Wars game that could possibly be the finest ever Star Wars game never to be made. We're going to be talking about whether or not the Obi-Wan Kenobi TV show will have a untimely demise and whether or not we're going to see a fan favorite returning for that very series plus we're going to dig into a little bit of honor that funko pop you know the funko pop guys the little big-headed fellas are throwing towards an og an og star wars talent and of course we're going to talk the mandalorian it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a week in star wars without the mandalorian news and then we're going to wrap up on a fancy new little book that we probably will end up pre-ordering. But before we get to all of that stuff, I'm just going to wheel in. I'm going to wheel in on his big old sail barge above Tatooine, my co-pilot, Mr. Gary Ayler. How are you doing there, sir? All good, thanks, buddy. Wheel me in. And then you, on the opposite at the end of the show, you do that thing where the the cane comes in and just yanks me off the stage. You know what I mean? That, yeah. Oh, so, yeah, we need like a sound little sound bite for it as well. Like a... Yeah, 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 yeah. So I love the enthusiasm at the start of the show, man. Love it. But then at the end, you're like, gosh, up. Time to yeah, go. it's, like, it's a bit much. We had him for 40 minutes. Why is he still here? There's an hour. We've done an hour. Why is he still here? <laughs> exactly. Get him yanked yeah. out with a cane. Yeah, yeah. I'm up for that. I'm up for that. How you doing, dude? How's the week in Star Wars been for you? What have you been up to? Yeah, miffed, mate. Miffed. If I'm being honest. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So last week, uh, we, we, there's a lot of chat around Lego, obviously. You'd, you'd finished doing your nut. You know, that's all gone. We, we were friends again. Cause I'd Why is it? Bit it well, it, it's moved, though, from Prime Spot. Where have you put it now? In the loft? What is it in the loft? No, 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 no. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, it's quote-unquote off-camera. It's off-camera, yeah. You can't yeah, see it. Right, it's off-camera. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It's on the Star Wars shelf, actually, mm-hmm. for your information. Mm-hmm. But we had some chat around Lego last week, and then that prompted me to go off and pre-order the new Lego Star Wars video game. But I can't find it anywhere. And I'm miffed about that because a couple of months ago, I think it was a couple of months ago, the studio, I think it's Telltale Games, I think, they uh, they teased us, didn't they? They said, oh, yeah, this is all happening. We've got all these details. Here's the cover art. It looks awesome. Where is it? Where the frick is it? I can't find it anywhere. So I'm miffed about that, mate. Yeah. That is miffing. I understand why you'd be a little bit miffed by that. Because I really want to play it. Looks good. Well, you can still, I'm sure you'll get it. I mean, when's it come out? Uh, nobody knows. When they, when they teased everything, uh, I'm sure it was a couple of months back now. When they teased everything, they just said, oh, you'll be able to pick up the game later on this year. We're nearly in September, dude. New consoles are launching well, probably November at some point. Yeah, that's the Series X, isn't it? It's coming out in Nov. Yeah. So what's going on? Is it going to be uh, just lost in the whole hype of the new consoles and the new games and everything? Or is it yeah. going to be uh, just dropped suddenly? I don't know. I know probably COVID is playing a bit of a a bit of a role in this, but still, you know, just the odd tweet now and then would be nice. Yeah, stop miffing us. It's a funny one with the old consoles. I ended up with the old, uh, the new PGA Tour game yesterday, which is badass. I'm like, this is sweet. I've not played a golf game since like Tiger Woods 02. And, uh, and I'm the same. I'm like, well, wait a sec. Series X is coming out. Having said this though, I'm going to quiz you on this. I was wanting to talk to you about this. A um, couple of things. Um, like, the new consoles are coming out, right? The Spider-Man Miles Morales thing obviously looks badass, whatever form it takes. But for the Xbox, because I was going to go, right, I was going to go Xbox to start with because I've got Game Pass for a year, thanks to Danny. And then I was going to go PS later. Like, get them both, jobs are good and, you know, you're not, you know, whatever. 
But Halo's been put back. So <laughs> now I'm like, what's the point? I may as well wait for like the 1.5 upgrade that they always do. You know, like the Xbox Series X S. You know, the one that's always better. It's always cooler. It always performs better. It's got more hard drives. Like that one that will come out inevitably a year later. So now I'm really just in this quandary because I've still got Jedi Fallen Order to finish. I've got this new PGA Tour game. I've got the Game Pass stuff that I've been downloading. I want to finish some stuff up on there. So now I'm genuinely thinking I won't touch a new Xbox or a PlayStation console for maybe another year. Am I just, is that just me being like a pussy? No, no. No, no, a lot of people are thinking that way, dude. Yeah, and to be honest with you, the whole next-gen thing, my, um, I had it in my mind that I was going to get one of them, but it, I always flitted between the Series X and the PS5 because uh, they'd tease something about Halo Infinite. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, that looks awesome. And then Insomniac Games would be like, no, 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 we've got this Miles Morales thing that looks badass. I'm like, yeah, 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 so I'm back over on that camp. But then when they did, um, to be honest with you, my mind was changed before they even cancelled or delayed Halo. When they showed the Halo Infinite gameplay at the showcase, I was like, "I'm out." Yeah, you, do you know what I mean? If you're gonna, if you're gonna show me a game that's been in development for five years with a five hundred million dollar budget that looks like an Xbox three hundred and sixty game, yeah, I'm done, dude. I'm out. So it's PS five for me, and I'm just going to keep the Xbox One X and just do all the Xbox stuff on that and pick up the Series X maybe in a year or two. That's a badass choice, man. But again, I just worry about the whole, well, yeah, this PS5 won't be the best PS5. That's my worry. But then that always happens, doesn't it? You know, that's yeah. how it always goes. So we'll see on that. But that's a good shout, dude. Yeah. Um, well, before we get to it, I uh, I was less miffed in Star Wars this week. I did one thing in Star Wars that was different to normal this week. Um, I pre-ordered the new Thorn, Ascend- uh, Thrawn even, Ascendancy book, because they did the whole tweety thing, didn't they? The Del Rey books thing. They were like, yeah, the first print of this Throne Ascendancy will feature blue pages. And I'm like, you, <laughs> you, you shits. So now I'm like, yeah, all right, I'll have it. So then I ordered it, jobs are good. And so I pre-ordered that one. That comes out on 1st of September. Um, the annoying thing with this is like some of these books I don't buy because I'm like, well, I'll read them on Kindle. So I get them on Kindle, but I don't buy them physically because it's storage in it and you run out of room. But now I've got to buy the entire trilogy because I can't just buy that one because then when someone comes around, they're like, what's that book? You're like, oh, it's the first part of a trilogy that I don't have. You what? <laughs> you want to lend it? Yeah, of course you can lend that one, dad. But <laughs> so that's, 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 that's how the bloody get you, isn't it? So that's, that's how it starts, mate. I think, I'm, yeah. I think the subtext of that is that I'm a little bit miffed, but no one's done it to me. I've done it to myself. Yeah, you've wound yourself up, haven't you? You've wound yourself up again, haven't you? Go yeah. on, take a seat, sit on the step, sit on the third step, sit on the third step. Okay, take a few deep breaths, you'll be all right. Count to ten, you'll be all right. So blue pages, though, blue pages. Yeah, blue pages. So when it's uh, when it's on the old uh, on the old bookshelf, it'll be like, oof, can't see the blue pages, because that's not the way that you have them facing on a bookshelf. <laughs> I'm an idiot, actually, the more I think about this. Well, they should have done it first, because that could have been the blueprint for the other books moving forward. Ah, uh, is that a time? Come on. Got to go. Got to go. Got to taxi. go. Taxi. Thanks for lot. So taxi. Um, <laughs> all right, look, we're going to get some news because, uh, you know, this is boring now. Um, so we're <laughs> <laughs> going to get to the news. And we're going to talk about some other bits and bobs. But I just want to give a shout out to everyone over on Patreon. Uh, one of our patrons today, actually, Pascal Fintoni, sent me a little link on the Twitter. You know, last week we talked about Ludwig Goddardson um, scoring the Mando and how he ended up at that score. Yeah, uh, Pascal, one of our patrons, sent us uh, a bit of a, a YouTube video earlier just looking into how he crafted that. So I highly recommend checking that one out. Just search, you know, just, you know, the deal. Search for Mandalorian Ludwig in YouTube. You know how to get that. You know how to navigate it. But thanks, for Pascal, for that one. And uh, thanks to all of our patrons for just helping us to produce this show. It's, uh, it, I know that we want to be doing more stuff with the show. Like we want to be doing maybe a video version of the show on YouTube and stuff. So we've kind of been stockpiling some of the Patreon brass that comes in so that we can start to produce a little bit more content. So thank you to everyone that continues to do that, even through COVID as well. We know it's not easy for people to uh, <clears throat> really keep spending money on things that that theoretically are just leisure, you know, leisure if you're in the States. So we really appreciate that. If you do want to get involved, Patreon 
facebook.com forward slash spark of rebellion and just get us on the socials as well if you want to have a little chat about whether you're miffed about lego star wars the skywalker saga not being available yet i understand maybe you've pre-ordered throne ascendancy excuse me and you're thinking what is going on there why have i done that i feel weak too let us know over on social media because, you know, you're not alone. You are not alone. That's subliminally from that cup that you're using there, Gaz. You are not alone. <laughs> Gaz is using a... Is it an X-Files cup, that? Certainly is, mate, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, classic. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. The post from... I want to believe. Of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Classic. All right, let's get to some news. So, 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 Amy Hennig, the famed, the famed... Game developer, producer, and really just author, all-round narrative genius, um, who is behind some of the most classic and most time-tested games ever, things like Uncharted, things like uh, Soul Reaver. Remember that Legacy of Kane? That was a classic over on the old PlayStation. Well, it transpires that EA was working with uh, Amy and uh, the, the Dead Space studio. Remember Dead Space? What a game that was when it came out. Real, like, wicked concept on some of the uh, the weapons and stuff. Really, really badass. Uh, but that studio, Visceral Games, so they were they were they were working with EA on this this project Ragtag, this this Star Wars game. Um, and to be honest, like I'd not heard too much about this, but basically EA pulled the plug on it, and it but it looked like it had got fairly deep into development. So they developed a lot, a lot, a lot of the main characters, the storylines. Um, and the main character of this apparently was very, very well formed. I'm, I'm, I'm getting this from Eurogamer, who very kindly reported on this. Um, so they'd, they'd kind of they'd got a fair way into this. They'd done the character designs. They'd done the story. Um, they'd gone through certain, I guess, certain layers of design to get to the point where they were nearly finished with some big set pieces. Uh, one that gets noted over on Eurogamer is one involving an ATST chase, which was very close to completion. And we've got the main protagonist who, uh, who is, as producer Zach Mumbach described as a bit of a cross between Robin Hood and Star-Lord. So pretty much just, it was like you and me had just turned into game characters, but I understand that. And it was, it looked like they'd done a heck of a lot of work of it. And then it all kind of got pulled and some of the team bailed and they ended up working on Crystal Dynamics Avengers, which should be out this week. And it just, it looks like it all just went a bit pear-shaped. But now, as we've seen over the last few weeks and months, a lot of details are surfacing about past Star Wars games that just never made it to production, never quite made it to the final uh, the final release. But dude, this looks pretty badass. Like one of the screenshots and some of the footage that you see in the video, which we'll put in the show notes, it looks pretty sweet, man. And Zach and Amy, um, the people who were, you know, Zach who did the interview and, 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 and Amy the studio, Amy Hennig's studio, they were saying that this, you know, this could have easily been the finest Star Wars game ever made. You know, they're talking about this being a game of the year. And... You know, when you look at the talent, when you look at the the heritage, and when, frankly, when you look at some of the stuff that they've put out about it, they might have been onto something with that one. So, Star Wars Ragtag, what what we're saying, dude? You're the gamer out of us. I'm the gamer. Yeah, you're the gamer. Oh come on, I know you put in some time on. Nah, 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 not like stuff. you, mate. I mean, yes, if you want someone smoking out of a shipment, uh, a shipment crate, I am your man. I will get them out for you, and you can shoot them in your head with your PKM. But anything else, mate, you're the gamer. Uh, Project Ragtag. I mean, yeah, this was famous a couple of years ago, wasn't it, for uh, EA pulling the plug on it. I remember when they when a couple of uh, game websites, uh, I think uh, Polygon uh, they and Kotoko, those sorts of places, they were like, oh, no, this is terrible. This uh, Star Wars game's been pulled. It could have been awesome. And now this dude, uh, is it Zach uh, Mumbach or Mumbach? has come out to say, yeah, you're absolutely right. This could have been like one of the best Star Wars games ever. And I kind of, I do buy into that, you know, because uh, any PlayStation uh, players out there that have played the Uncharted series will know that those games from a kind of uh, uh, a single player narrative driven uh, perspective, they're just bang on. They're really, really good games, like classics. Even the latest one, it was out a few years ago, uh, the fourth one, it was just such a good game. And so, uh, when you kind of mix all that up with Star Wars, you end up with ultimately what's going to be, you know, pretty badass game. So this was back in the day when EA were, I mean, EA have always been money grabbers anyway, but this was back in the day when they were like, right, if we have multiplayer games, then we can do things like loot crates and we can do, you know, extra microtransactions and all that jazz. And they just didn't, f- and they also felt like 
<clears throat> because the whole wave of um, sort of battle royale games like Fortnite and Apex Legends and those type of games, they felt like gamers just didn't want single player games anymore. They felt like the market was all about all about the multiplayer and all that jazz. So they pulled the plug, and it's it's a it's a real real shame actually because they kind of bought into the idea a few years back. So after the fans went ballistic about it and said, "What are you do what, EA? What's wrong with you?" As Star Wars fans, we absolutely want a single player game. Why would you ever think we did, we wouldn't want one? So like, all right, cool. We'll 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 do a tester. We'll get this other studio who we work with already. We'll get them to do a single player game and if it fails, we're going to charge you like $1000 to buy a baseball cap in another game. And they were like, all right, all right, do it. So they went to Respawn and that's when we ended up with Jedi Fallen Order. That did really well and then they were like, oh, so you do like single player games then? Well, yeah, we told you that. Well, we've been telling you that like every week for like 50 years. So long story short, EA just their short-sightedness canned what could have been an amazing Star Wars game. And those those screenshots and the video that we saw in that report, it does look like, yeah, I think Zach mentions that they had a couple of levels done. They had this big set piece done with the ATST and it was looking really good. But more so than that, because it was Amy Hennig doing this and that whole studio behind Uncharted, the characters would have been really good. We would have bought into these. Um, uh, so we did with Cal Kestis, don't get me wrong, with Fallen Order. That was pretty sweet. But I don't know. I reckon the character-driven stuff in this game would have been just fantastic, mate. Really good. So, yeah, bummed about it. Really bummed. Yeah, it's fascinating to see what EA, EA do with, with this sort of stuff because it, it's sort of unlike... Like, Star Wars is unlike any... Not any other fandom, but certainly there are portions of gamers. Like, you know, let's let's use, like, COD as the example. You know, Warzone... There are a few of my mates that have just got Warzone. Like I've I've smashed through the the one. Like I'm a one player campaign guy. I love the story, and and I, I love a decent campaign. But there are there are several friends of mine that have just got Warzone and play Plunder and they'll play Battle Royale quads and they'll play all that stuff that's just online multiplayer stuff and they are completely fine with it. But the thing is that they're always like so. You'll drop them a line. You'll be like, right team, are we on? What's the what's the deal here? Are we smashing out some uh, some gulag and. Inevitably, one of the person that has got the multiplayer will inevitably say, "One, I want to play, but I'm playing Last of Us campaign." So it's like it's understanding what the franchises are that people are into, and Star Wars is like it's almost like the Avengers, or it's almost like the Arkham Knight series, the Arkham series from 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 Rocksteady, and then you know, the, was it Origins? Origins was off at a different studio, yeah, um, and it's. Like those kind of people want their characters that they know in other media to be on a console or on a PC for gaming because they don't have their they don't have those characters or a way to interact with that world inside of that media. You know, they can read the books, they can watch the movies, they can go on TV, whatever, but they need it as a game as well. And yeah, sure, there's there's Battlefront, but then obviously Battlefront Two came around and there was a campaign included in that where there wasn't in Battlefront One, so it's. It feels like I'm not. I'm, I don't really know the gaming industry like you do, but it feels just like this weird, almost wildly naive assumption. Just because you can provide high quality multiplayer, because broadband has got better and consoles have got more powerful, and you can deliver your games without discs, it just feels naive to be able to say, "Well, single player is dead." When you're looking at the IP that is so powerful, like Star Wars is, it just it just feels naive, doesn't it, to do it? Exactly that, dude. And it, that's what. The- I think uh, the majority of people's complaints were to to EA at the time was like, why would you ever think that way? It's just bizarre. Like, yeah, it's it's inexplicable. I think they were just chasing the old Yankee dollar, mate. That was all it was. They were just, yeah, they were like, how much money can we make from a game like Battlefront Two versus a one-off payment for people buying a single isolated one-player game? Well, in terms of monetary. It doesn't even compare, does it? So they weren't looking at it from a let's let's put out a great Star Wars game for Star Wars fans. They were looking at it as we can't make any money from that, so we're going to mask it as people don't want one-player games. And everyone mm. was like, "This is just crazy, man!" How? Yeah, it's it's nuts. So EA can get effed, as far as I'm concerned. Apex is alright there. Yeah, Apex is alright. And yeah, this so this is the funny thing, right? It's proven that things like COD, you know. 
you download Modern Warfare. Like I, I bought Modern Warfare, the, 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 the new version, because I'd played Warzone. And I was like, the mechanics on this are badass. Like the characters are pretty sweet. Everything down to the sound effects are far better than anything that I've seen for a while. So I'm just like, I'm going to spend the 40 quid on, on the single player campaign just to see what it's like, because this, this extended gameplay trailer that you've allowed me to play forever for free has made me buy that. And I, but the thing that I've never bought is the bloody battle pass, which is the loot crate. Like, I don't give a shit about dressing my gun up. Who cares? Yeah. Same. Yep. You know, and then, yeah, you'll be sure you'll play online. You'll do a domination or something. And there'll be some, some plonker smashing you through with some purple tracer. who spent 40 quid on purple tracer for his gun. And, like, I think to myself, that's a ridiculous thing to spend money on. But then at the same time, I totally get it because that person probably spends 40 hours a week on it. So it's like me buying a new golf club or me buying some new Star Wars Lego or something. So it's, 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 ne- it's not like this, this siloed thing. It's never, it's never a siloed thing in books or in movies. It's not like people go, well, people, everyone's got Netflix now, so we're not going to make movies. Like, no one... It's just this weird mindset that I don't think I'll ever understand. And plus, this idea that, like you said, like the loot crates, the Battlefront 2 stuff, like the guys like you and I, we just, we wouldn't have bought that because we recognize the value of actual money. So when it's like, oh yeah, it's it's 42 Battlefront points to buy this new helmet for your Stormtrooper and you're like, all right, okay, well, let's just click through to that one. And it's like, yeah, you spend 17 quid to get 50. And you're like, no, 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 because... That's 70 actual pounds. Like, I am not doing that. <laughs> so I don't know, yeah. man. It's just weird. Do, do you not think, and I, this this might just be me and lack of experience, but like gaming feels like it's on a bit of a precipice at the minute because you've got the next gen of consoles coming out. You've also got like the delivery, like the smart delivery coming through from Xbox. You've got things like Xbox, uh, Project X Cloud from Xbox, um, the mobile gaming delivery, which is a little bit similar to like Stadia um, and PlayStation. PlayStation's got one as well, haven't they? Um, mm. So it's, it feels like it's on a bit of a precipice at the minute. Do you see like more of a trend, like um, a little bit like what Warzone did, which is sort of, okay, here's like 30% of the game, play that and you never have to pay us a penny for this. But like, here's all this other stuff you're missing out on. Do you think, cause, because of like Fortnite and Apex and even Minecraft and stuff like that, it just feels like it's a bit of a tipping point at the minute. Yeah, it does a little bit. I think that's driven by... I mean, let's take Stadia out of the equation for a second. That's not going to stick around for much longer, let's be honest. So I think um, really Xbox, like Microsoft and Xbox are pushing that because if you look at the next-gen stuff, PlayStation are selling games, ultimately. PlayStation for the last generation and a half have had like the best exclusives, in popular opinion. You know, they're the guys that are bringing the the gaming experience, whereas Microsoft, they're, they're pushing an ecosystem rather than rather than games they 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 fully recognize that they don't have as good ex- exclusives as PlayStation and they don't have as much in that um sort of first party uh, first party first party um uh, uh space so they're pushing the like we want to get you like we don't care uh, really what they're saying is we want you to buy the series x obviously but ultimately we don't care we just want you as a game pass member it's all about game pass for them because with game pass doesn't matter if you've got a pc an xbox one from last gen uh an android phone to do x cloud it doesn't matter any anywhere you've got a screen you can game with it with microsoft so they're really pushing the ecosystem and the experience whereas yeah playstation so it's a bit of a strange tipping point coming up it's like do you stick with like i don't know where to label it as this but do you stick as like the old school thing with playstation you just get your console you're happy with your console you get your games and bosh job done or do you go with microsoft and you can you know download something on your phone to play on the plane you know it's kind of competing a little bit with the switch in some respects where you can just do mobile gaming um for all of that stuff um and then also you've got your pc gaming and stuff so yeah it's definitely shifting in a different way and also um just to close out on this, I guess, but it's kind of, it's, it's weird with the, with game studios and developers in, in the respect that it's very different to other mediums, like with uh, movie studios and, you know, authors and publishers, it's like they'll put content out to be consumed. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. Simple as that. Whereas with game developers, it's like, well, 
let's put out this alpha, let's put out this uh, thing, you can play it for a while, and then, you know, it's a bit more in, sort of user-involved, but also gamers can be just real assholes a big portion of the time. So you mentioned about Battle Royale and that kind of thing. When Halo Infinite dropped, the details for that, everybody kicked off because there's no Battle Royale mode. And then, you know, conversely with this Star Wars game, EA are like, well, you don't, you don't need single player. You only need Battle Royale and that stuff. So, I don't know. It's, the gaming industry is a big old monster to get your head around, and it's just constantly changing and evolving. But I don't know, man. It's Ultimately, when it comes to Star Wars, we need both when you boil it down. We need good multiplayer games for Star Wars, and we need good single player games. Simple as that. Yeah, totally agree, dude. And, and just like you said, just to wrap up on it, but I think you've only got to look at what Gears of War is doing at the minute. You know, Horde has always been one of my favourite modes when it comes to any kind of multiplayer. Like, Horde is badass. But even now, they're getting into the Battle Royale a little bit more. They're getting into the seasons a little bit like uh, Warzone has done and some of the other games has done. And it's just <clears throat> it's just fascinating to me, dude. It's fascinating to me because I'm like the most casual gamer ever. So when you talk about Project xCloud and then Game Pass, I'm like, well, this... This is perfect. Like, I am up for this. I probably wouldn't buy the next-gen Switch for this reason. I would, But then I've got an Apple phone. So I'm like, well, damn you, Apple, for the ecosystem problems, which is a whole other conversation to have another day. But, um, yeah, it's fascinating, man. And we'll see how it develops. But, yeah, you're right. As Star Wars fans, we need both. Now, I'm going to miff you a little bit. I'm at risk of miffing you even further, dude. Oh. Are you ready for this? You're sitting down. You're not. You're standing up, aren't you? Right. Here we go. Obi-Wan Kenobi. You know this fabled Obi-Wan Kenobi series? Uh, well, we were going to have six episodes, weren't we? Now, apparently, we're only having four episodes because of the script rewrites. And now, according to Scream Rant, it's only going to be one season of four episodes. Huh? That's miffed me. Yeah, I'm, I'm insta-miff. This is insta-miff for me. So... There's a couple of things to unpack with this one. Number one, it could be bunkum, could be absolute rubbish. Number two, it's not like people at Star Wars tell the truth because remember all that stuff they told us about all the movies and that. So that's that's the thing. So, you know, if this does fly, everyone's like, of course we want more Obi-Wan. They're going to do a season two. Disney do not have the balls to do something that is not a cliffhanger and or leaves it open to season two. Not a chance. And then the third thing to unpack is that this is almost like the EA thing, actually, all over again. Them assuming that we don't want something when it has been clear for 20-odd years that the only thing we want is more Obi-Wan Kenobi. So, I don't know, man. It's weird, this. It's weird. It's, it's sort of like... It's, it feels like it could... It's just speculation. Like, we've not reported on the Obi-Wan series for a while. Better get something out. But then at the same time, if it's got even just a, an ounce of truth, then it could be, it, I wouldn't say worrying because that's very extreme, but it could be quite concerning that the biggest and brightest character that everyone in the Star Wars universe wants to see more of is not going to get the dues that we expected and that we were originally kind of teased and alluded to. So, yeah. Are you as miffed as I am on that one? I am, dude, yeah. And I'm also really confused about this. So there is, actually, there is a, a quote on the Screen Rant article from Deborah Chow, who's a director. She says, it's been very exciting to see the talent that's come in. And we're now developing the limited Obi-Wan Kenobi series with Deborah Chow. Uh, and she's been doing a phenomenal job. So uh, I, I get it. You know, if it's a limited thing, that means it's not going to be like a never end. We're not going to be in a situation like Friends or the Big Bang Theory, where it's like, oh my God, this is like 12 years worth of TV. I get that. But I can't. I can't really wrap my head around this, dude. Because I, the Obi Wan character is not somebody like I could understand it if this was like the Ezra thing or whatever, where it's like, or you know, the Ahsoka thing. It's like, well, we're not sure how this character is going to translate on screen, leading a whole series, and let's just dip our toe in the water. Let's do four. Let's do four episodes. See how it goes, and then if that does well, we'll do like a ten episode second season. I, I that would be cool and maybe sensible for those characters, but come on, man. Ewan McGregor back as Obi-Wan Kenobi. There's no testing ground needed for that, surely. That's like things that, when when that was first announced, everybody lost their mind over that. 
So the reception and the, you know, the want to have that as a TV series is just off the charts. So there's there's no testing ground. Well, there kind of is to a point, but not compared to the other characters. So I can't wrap my head around it, dude. It's not like, oh, we only need to do four episodes because we don't know how well it's going to go. Unless they're talking about it from the angle of the scripts and the story and stuff has just been absolutely uh, torn apart, which is why we had to delay it in the first place. And we're still not comp- you know, confident with it, but we have to get it out because we've got not much else coming out unless it's from a writing sort of story perspective. I'm not sure, but I don't know, man, certainly from a character dis- uh, perspective, there's no, there's no problem with it. So I, c- I can't get my head around why it would only be four episodes for a start. And secondly, why it would only ever be one season. It's, it's like, it's like Disney don't want Disney Plus to do well. It's weird. Yeah, exactly. Because this is a very micro level, <clears throat> excuse me, micro level example. But if you think about it, you know, The Mandalorian is only now being watched by my mum and dad. What, a year in? And it's because I've just gone in and said, yeah, wh- you know, we t- what are you watching on TV? What are, you, what are you into at the minute? And they're like, well, we've done X, Y, and Z. And I tell them you should watch The Mandalorian. What's that? Oh, it's, you know, like the Boba Fett guy. Yeah, well, it's kind of that guy and it's in Star Wars land. So like there's a lot of stuff that you'd enjoy because you like Star Wars and it's just really well produced. All oh, right, okay, we'll give it a shot. I don't know this is one example, but I've got no doubt that you've done the same with at least three lots of friends and family. And like an Obi-Wan series is like a no-brainer. Okay, what are you watching on TV? Well, you know, you and McGregor. Yeah, well, so he's playing the guy that Alec Guinness played in Star... Oh, really? So that's on TV? Yeah, 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 that's on TV. So even, like, you lose the viral word-of-mouth marketing that gets you the long tail of of Star Wars fans coming in. So, like, my mum and my dad and all the parents, like, they know about Disney Plus because of the Pixar ads that they're running and the Lion King stuff that they're running. But they don't know about it from a Star Wars perspective. So this, you know, that long tail sign-up process, like, my mum has only just got it, and she got it because we bleated on about the Mando and a few other different things. And even even that angle of it makes no sense for it to be a limited thing because it feels like the most marketable thing outside of putting Darth Vader on a poster. It is the most marketable part of Star Wars in my view right now because it's Ewan McGregor and he's, he's still very relevant. So I don't know, man. It, it's just... Uh, it's just baffling, but I, I, I don't know whether to read into this or not because it is Disney, and I don't, I genuinely don't think they've got the balls to finish anything because of wanting to try and make a bit of brass later. Um, yep, yep. So I, I just, I don't know. Part of me is like, sort of like what you mentioned earlier with the EA Games and Jedi Fallen Order, sort of like, well, let's you, okay, you go off and you make this Obi Wan thing. <laughs> and if it does all right, then we'll see what the deal is. And if it doesn't do all right, we've given fans what they wanted, limited series, jobs are good, and tick a box, move on to something fresh. So it's just fascinating to see this. But I, I don't know. I think it's sort of a six one after dozen or the other. I can't see. If it does well, like why would you not give people more of what they want? Which kind of leads me on, because this is a complete juxtaposition records, complete juxtaposition against the next news story, which is... Hayden Christensen, as we've talked about before in our Rise of Skywalker uh, debates that we've had over the last few weeks and months and years. Apparently, Hayden Christensen's coming back again. So we heard about this in the Rise of Skywalker. You know, Christensen, he was pulled off stage at uh, a couple of conferences with Ian McDermott. Um, He was, let's be honest, Disney and Star Wars formal accounts on social media put him front and centre right up to the run-up to Rise of Skywalker. That guy was like, hey, guess who's back? We, we now like each other again, so guess who's back on, on, on the Disney socials and Star Wars socials? Like, Hayden Christensen was touted. And then he never made an appearance. It was just his voice, all right? So everyone was a little bit miffed about that. But this is the rumour that will not die. So there's another rumour from The Express in the UK, which, you know, take it or leave it, but saying that he will be back as Vader, probably, in the Obi-Wan series. Now, of course, we all think that's going to be flashbacks. It'll be dream sequences. It, it, we've talked about it before. Force Ghost, probably Nox, he's not dead. 
But there are ways that he can come back to haunt Obi-Wan. And this was one of the most fascinating parts of the Obi-Wan series, is how does someone like Obi-Wan deal with the emotional impact of losing someone like Anakin and also communing, learning to commune with Qui-Gon. I'm willing to bet Liam Neeson will at least make a vocal appearance, if not a visual one. Uh, you know, the Yoda stuff. I, I'm willing to bet that those threads will be pulled in there. So you have to have Anakin to complete it. You've got to do. It's a no-brainer. So this rumor's flying about, but it the, the reason it's interesting, the reason we put it on the list to talk about was that it's coming through at a time when... Darth Vader is just continually getting renewed interest. So he had that badass scene in Rogue One, which the Express cites as the reason that Disney are looking to do more with the character. But let's be completely frank. like Everyone wants more Darth Vader. Just like Obi-Wan, there are way more stories to tell. Just like um, many of the other characters like Luke Skywalker and, and Princess Leia, his story has been told in far greater depth in the comics right now, which are, are bringing up fascinating storylines. We talked about it last week, you know, him visiting Naboo. So you've kind of got this weird thing where the fans, like you and I, our age now, what, both in our 30s, well, both <laughs> in our 30s, um, but we want more of the the now nostalgic prequel stuff. Like, we would be fine with Hayden Christensen coming back as Anakin. That would be sweet as. And then Vader, the character, coming back as well. So you've kind of got this weird position where it's posited that maybe we'll see Anakin in flashbacks, or maybe we're going to see, or maybe this is an and, or maybe we'll see Christiansen back in the suit like he was at the end of Revenge of the Sith, which probably a little bit less likely. Um, but this kind of makes no sense when you put it back against that last news article about Obi-Wan series being four episodes and that's it, limited. Because you've got the perfect mix and you've got 15 to 20 years of storytelling that you could tell. It's almost the gift that keeps on giving, dude. So it's it's like this, biz- I don't know, it's this bizarre thing. It's like this bizarre room mill. So let's distill it right back to the beginning. Anakin, Hayden Christensen, is he coming back? Are you up for him coming back? Where, where's your head at? Well, I'm not sure. If this Is this going to be episode one, two, three, or four? Because that's quite important. I'm going to say one. Okay. Uh, yeah, I reckon he will be back. And it would be brilliant if he was back because I reckon that it would be like the best comeback for the character because he was uh, erased from the Rise of Skywalker. I reckon there's... Uh, I think we spoke about this, didn't we? The rumours we a couple of times now about the rumours about the Force Ghost stuff that potentially was going to happen in the Rise of Skywalker, then it was filmed, and then it wasn't, then it was, but it was deleted, all that stuff. So I reckon that he absolutely should have appeared in the Rise of Skywalker because, as you and I have said uh, in detail and quite succinctly, is that the saga of Star Wars is essentially around uh, Anakin and Luke. It's like a shared saga almost. Like before the sequel films came out, it was Luke's story. Uh, well, we thought it was Luke's story and then the prequels came out and then actually, no, the whole thing's about Anakin and Darth Vader. Then the sequels came out and it's like, oh, those guys don't matter anymore. But really, it's about Anakin. So he should have he should have made an appearance, absolutely. So if, he can, if we can get him in the Obi-Wan sh- uh, show, then that's a bit of redemption in my eyes. That's a bit of, right, this is what, this is how we should be treating the character. Let's get Hayden back in. And I know he was criticised a lot for his acting in, in some things, you know, some scenes, especially, I think it was more about the scenes with, um, with Padme. Uh, a lot of criticism was laid at his door. Like it was very wooden and he just wasn't great in those bits. But, you know, as we said, also the prequels are getting a lot of love these days. And I think it'd be a great comeback. And also just for Hayden Christensen himself, I think it would be a really cool, cause he's, let's be honest, he hasn't really done much in the old world of acting since the star Wars movies. So, be great from that aspect as well but importantly from a story perspective it would be awesome to have that in uh in the obi-wan show so that's that's the answer to that one i reckon yes he will be back actually no yeah actually yeah he will be back i was going to say if this is a four episode thing then then i'm not sure it's worth it but because it feels like you need a bit of a build-up between these characters over the course of at least six to eight episodes but yeah, I reckon it will be. What about you? 
Yeah, I think he will be. I think it'd be another miss. And it's kind of gutting because of what happened with Rise of Skywalker that they, they just didn't have the balls. This is kind of the thing that's frustrating me with Disney at the minute with Star Wars. Like, they just don't have the balls. You know, Star Wars came from being ballsy. It was Lucas being ballsy on his vision. The prequels came, you know, right or wrong at the time. They came from Lucas being ballsy about Star Wars needing to be a political saga. And as much as you you hate on each one of the prequels individually or whatever, when you put the story together and when you start to flesh it and look at some of the more intricate details, it's an absolute genius story. Like, it is one of the most well-crafted stories. And it's it's one of those scenarios where, you know when you're in it, it's like, so I've said this before in a couple of episodes, like I'm reading The Dark Tower again from Stephen King. And if you were... If you were one of the people reading it when it came out, waiting book by book, you'd look at it and you'd be like, right, that book wasn't great. Book four, whatever. Book five, it wasn't as good as the first one or the last one. You know, you you just think, well, it's just, it is what it is. Like, I'm going to complain about this one thing in isolation. And then 20 years passes and you've got all seven of them. And you've got all the filler material like Hearts in Atlantis and The Stand and um, The Shining and all these other little intricate things Salem's lot that connect everything together and you read the entire thing together and you're like holy crap one person did that that is genius and that's what Star Wars is it's Lucas being bullish about it and Disney at the minute don't have the balls to do it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah. because we now live in 2020 and the internet's a thing and instant gratification's a problem and people who have never watched Star Wars before can suddenly come into it and say Chewbacca was a dick at that point hate Star Wars and so you like it's a totally different world that we live in which has meant that people have got to play it more safe now back to the Anakin question they they, they kind of copped out putting him in the Rise of Skywalker because they didn't have the balls to do it because they were theoretically they just they didn't want it to feel like they'd taken this new saga away from the people who own this new saga you know it was that's your saga we've had ours and my dad had his this is yours you have this one. Like, these are your characters, Finn and Ray. Forget Han Solo, he's out. <laughs> so, you know, they, they, they didn't want to take that away from the people whose saga this was. But they kind of lose all that power. They lose all the energy of Star Wars. They lose all of the stuff that makes Star Wars special. Like, the th- last three f- movies don't feel like the previous six. So to bring someone like Hayden Christensen back on TV where they're only doing a limited series, where it is a risk because it's on their streaming service that is their single biggest focus right now in multimedia. It's absolutely the right choice to bring him back, but it worries me that they'll do it in such a way that just doesn't have the balls. And it'll just be a cop-out again where you're like, oh, fuff. (laughs) So we've seen the marketing. Like, you've said this. You've said that. And then it turns out that it's one cameo scene right at the beginning that just flashes back to Revenge of the Sith just to show that this is a sequel to it. Like, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen because I do think Hayden Christensen will be back, but it feels like the Disney that we have now that is running Star Wars would pull some crap like that because they don't have the balls to really embrace it because they think audiences are stupid. Prime example of this, dude, is what I texted you about early this week. Um, Keaton and Ben Affleck both returning as Batman at this, pretty much the same year as Robert Pattinson will be starring on screen in a Batman movie, right? So three Batmans on, on film. <laughs> Warner Brothers, for the longest time, have assumed that audiences are stupid. They've not been able to figure out that these guys know what Batman is and they understand that you can have different versions because it's a character and you can even have three or four different versions at any given time and we'll just, we, can, we can write about multiverse. So then Marvel came along showed that you can actually give more advanced concepts like the Doctor Strange stuff and some of the WandaVision stuff coming up. And suddenly DC have got the balls to do this. And it's the biggest hype that we've seen around Warner Brothers DC Comics properties on film for what? Since the Man of Steel movie came out? Maybe yeah. Batman Superman casting announcement at Comic-Con? Like, that was the peak of it. And now it's getting back to that level of noise because they've had the balls to do it. And I feel Disney maybe over the next five years we'll get to the point where they get those balls. Um, so yes, to answer the question, I think that Anakin will return, 
but I'm just worried it's going to be in a cop-out way, dude. Yeah, there is that worry, isn't there? That would be the the lamest thing as well, if they just did some, if they just showed some scenes from uh, Revenge of the Sith. That would just be a bit of a cop-out, so I don't know. Uh, oh, so dude, uh, you mentioned Batman. Today, we're recording this on Saturday, the 22nd. Today is the DC fandom event. Yes, it is. And uh, apparently we're going to get a Court of Owls video game announced later. I saw that. Dude, they are one of the best, just the best concepts in all Batman. They are so good. Like that Snyder run back in 2011 was just insane to relaunch Batman. Snyder. Capullo. Old slag. Yeah, Capullo. Come on, man. Brilliant. Anyways. so good. Yeah, anyways. um, Yeah, I reckon it will be... I reckon it will be a half-assed Hayden Christensen coming back. Uh, but I'd love to see like a proper, not not overtake the 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 premise of the show because it's an Obi Wan show ultimately. But it'd be cool to have him back, you know, filming fresh stuff, basically. Yeah, and I hope he does, you know, because I think Star Wars deserves him because he's he's put his time in, like he's gone through the uh, the Ahmed best level of 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 having shit fired at him and wanting to quit <laughs> acting. And, you know, being the scapegoat. Now it's Kathleen Kennedy. All those knobhead Star Wars fans are on Kathleen Kennedy now. So he's he's got his redemption. It's time to be redeemed. And I think it's it's uh, it would be remiss of Disney not to do something properly with it. I'm, like I said, I'm just, I'm, I'm afraid that they've not got the, quite got the balls to do it. But maybe the Mandalorian embracing some of this cross-network, cross-media, cross-show interactivity by bringing in Ahsoka, bringing in Captain Rex, maybe that gives them a little bit more balls to do something. Um, that, you know, we can only hope. Uh, but we, we'll see, dude. We shall see. Now, Now, let's dig into something that I know that you're going to love. You are going to love this. Ralph McQuarrie, the original artist on Star Wars. This stuff's badass. Like, it's just seminal work, isn't it? It's just amazing. Number one, to see the work that was done at such depth when he was designing the original characters, you know, everyone from Darth Vader and so on, right up to Luke Skywalker. And, and it just, he was so pivotal. You know, we've seen a lot of stuff around his C-3PO and R2-D2 over the last few months. Um, you know, just making waves and making some of the news stories about um, Anthony Daniels talking about it and so on. So, it, like, he's been kind of, he's always felt like he's kind of been top of mind for Star Wars fans, like he never really goes away. So, you know, the old Pop Funko stuff, and I should add, before I tell you this, this is reported on StarWars.com, which we need to just give props to because they are doing a heck of a lot of good Star Wars reporting, which I know sounds obvious, but for a brand to do their own kind of clickbaity reporting, this is fair play to them. Like, they're actually doing a good job of this, so fair play Star Wars online marketing department. Um, so Pop Funko, the house of funk, that's what we're going to call them from now on, the big bobblehead guys, you know the guys, we've all got like 250,000 of them, I can see some behind you right there, guys. Um, is that is that the original Doctor Who over there? Over it the is. Top? Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, it yeah. is. So they're doing a range of Ralph McQuarrie-inspired Star Wars characters as Pop Funko. So this is pretty badass, man. This looks pretty sweet. So if you remember, some of the, the, the designs were kind of there, you know, so look at Darth Vader's Ralph McQuarrie. Like, it was almost the thing that we got, but it was a little bit slimmer. It was a little bit more agile. Like, you could tell he was thinking, um, like, in his head, he was thinking of him moving like we think of Jedi moving today, whereas back in 77, obviously, everything was a little bit slower. It was a little bit steadier. The sword fights were a little bit more fencing style instead of this actual deep dive sword fighting. And... They've put all these figures out, basically. They've done the original um, Luke Starkiller. They've done the original Boba Fett design. They've done the Ralph McQuarrie Darth Vader. And they've also done Chewbacca, the original Chewbacca, which was, of course, repurposed into uh, Star Wars Rebels, which came significantly later on. So these Pop Funko figures, dude, these are... Like, they're awesome to have on your sideboard, but they're like serious geek points. Like, they're the Pop Funkos that you explain to someone when you're showing someone the collection, aren't they? So, I'm guessing you love these, dude. 
Yeah, I do leave, I do love these, but I don't want to love them. That's the thing. I've just developed a deep freaking hatred for for pops, for Funko Pops over the past few years because I get this. You get this, don't you? Yeah. So when they first came out, I don't know, 12 years ago, Funko Pops, maybe longer, I can't remember. They were really exclusive when they first came out. And if you, you've picked up a few Funko Pops, they were like, right, these are not going to be around for much longer. So you need to bag them and that'll be it. But these days it's like, there's a Funko Pop for everything. Every bloody pop culture character, even like sports people now and all the rest of it. So now you can't get moved. And that's that's my biggest gripe with Funko Pops in comic book shops. His comic book shops used to be, believe it or not, specialised. They used to sell comics, believe it or not. Now you go what? into a comic book shop. <laughs> exactly what? Mum, I want to go in here and buy some comics. What do they sell in there? Well, comics. If you ask that question now, it's like, well, what do they sell in there? Well, I don't know this week. Uh, well, this week they've got 50,000 Funko Pops from floor to ceiling where they could have had like, you know, some other cool collectibles and comics. Anyway... I just don't like them anymore, which is why I'm going to sell all the ones I've got. I'm going to eBay the lot soon. But now these come along and I'm like, oh, God, I'm going to have to pick these up now because they just look so bad. Oh, Ralph Macquarie, man, come on. Ralph Mac- like Ralph Macquarie, in my opinion, is like single-handedly responsible for Star Wars, basically. So I just find that whole story fascinating when George Lucas was like, look, I know you've been working at Boeing, designing the old planes. Yeah, it's all good. Bit boring though. I've got this sweet project. How would you like to design spaceships instead of planes? And he's like, uh, probably not. You know, I've got a job. Ah, come over here. You won't have a job for long, admittedly, unless you nail this and we get it done. But you know, it could be cool. He's like, yeah, right, I'll do it. Yeah. So those early Ralph Macquarie designs, and it was really cool when Star Wars Rebels uh, came out, and Dave Filoni did those little um, video diaries, and he was like, yeah, so. The brush that we're using in Photoshop uh, for the clouds uh, is directly lifted out of the artwork from Ralph Macquarie. And that's what we, I was just like, oh man, this is amazing. So in my opinion, Ralph Macquarie is the man. He's just, he's the man. So I will be picking these up much to the chagrin of my opinion on Funko Pops in general. But yeah, especially the Vader one, man, looks awesome. Yeah, it, it, that one is the standout one. I also like the Starkiller one, but to the untrained eye, that's sort of a... Who was that? And then the, the Boba Fett one's like, is that a Stormtrooper? Yeah. What is that? So but so what's interesting to me with this one is, like, this is how... So, you know, Filoni there, obviously, comes back and pulls the heritage out, and he's like, well, okay, here's the, here's the thing, the little link that the geeks will get. What fascinates me with the Boba Fett one in particular is, like, look how much that one design shaped everything. That became Boba Fett, which then in turn got revisited for Django Fett. And you can see directly, you can see directly the influence of that original Boba Fett design on the clone army. Like It's just that. Now that is fascinating to me. This idea that he was just like, yeah, okay, you want a bounty hunter or just some cool character? Sweet, whatevs. I can sort that out for you. And then this, this is what I talked about earlier on, like the genius of Lucas, in my view, was that he was like, okay, well, what if what if this guy went, and he was the clone for the thing, and then the stormtroopers came, and it would, so these things we did in 1977, 20 years later, we go back and refleshed them out, and it's all based on this one Ralph Macquarie design. And dude, that is just, like when you're in it, when you're working it, you probably don't see how legendary that becomes, but 20 years in, you're like, holy, how did that one thing drive all of this so it's fascinating and i'm exactly the same as you man i'm like well there's a pop funko for my ass now i don't really care <laughs> about it um and I'm, I'm sort of in a similar boat to you i'm thinking about just giving all my dc comics pop funkos out to just my little nephew um because it's they are so annoying and then just refilling the entire cabinet with like badass black series stuff <laughs> um so yeah, we'll see about that one. But these are pretty cool. We'll stick a link in the show notes. Uh, no doubt, you know, these will fly off the shelves. Um, but, 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 we we can't really have a week in Star Wars without some Mandalorian news. So we're going to quickly zip through these guys at Inverse. Now, Inverse have been putting out a heck of a lot of 
SEO-based content recently. They've, they've certainly been trying to grab some traffic uh, because they've been popping up in Google's results a heck of a lot more for, for um, more pop culture terms. Take the inverse stuff with a grain of salt. It's decent stuff, but it's littered with spelling mistakes, grammar problems, and you know sometimes revisit some stuff from like two years ago as gossip. So just take some of this with a grain of salt, but they have put together some details on The Mandalorian Season 3. So I'm going to quickly zip through them, guys, and then we'll maybe pick one or two just to look at. But very quickly, The Mandalorian Season 2 is coming up very, very quickly. Um, and it's just potential season three stuff that they're really reporting on, in all honesty. So there are a few things, all right? Let's get to it. Number one, this is all stuff we've heard before. The potential of a Boba Fett cameo. Um, You know, this is kind of based on some Reddit theories and the fact that we saw the Spurs on the Tatooine episode. So that's something that they're kind of positing. But look, this ain't anything new. Like, this is not new news. It's just, it's been around for a while. However... One thing that I didn't know about before this article, so apparently a Reddit user, uh, Karangiwal123, classic name, uh, posted a possible new look at Mandalorian's Season 2 armour. So apparently Din Darren will get some new armour uh, because he got absolutely decimated in the battle with Moff Gideon. You remember Gideon was just blasting the crap out of this uh, Beskar steel armour. And the Mandalorian may get may get a brand new set of armor in season two. I mean, it doesn't look too much different, but what I will say is that's starting to look a little bit more Boba Fett, isn't it? Starting to look a little bit greener, a little bit more, a little bit more khaki in there, guys. Um, it, it is looking more Boba Fett, this, isn't it? Um, yeah, yes. I'm just trying, isn't it? Uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yep. And I think it's because of what's under the armour. Like, yeah. the armour is what it is, because we never saw Boba Fett in anything but the green and brown armour, or the green and red, whatever it was. But this, like, obviously, Din Djarin always had this very nice Beskar steel silver armour that was a little bit beat up. Then he got the shoulder plate that was redone, and so on and so forth. But, like, what's underneath the armour is looking much more Boba Fett. Yeah. It's m- yeah. much much greener, it's much much more brown. Yeah, that's that's not me just being colourblind, is it? No, no, no. No, you're right. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. It's... um. Yeah, the Beskar armor is, uh, I think, as we saw it in season one, maybe a few little tweaks, but yeah, like the boots and the stuff um, and the fabric. Yeah, definitely a bit more in that direction for the old Fett. Yeah. Fettmeister General. All right, and a couple of other bits that the inverse kind of, almost an opinion piece goes into, is uh, Moff Gideon. So Giancarlo Esposito, who people will recognise as uh, the guy from Breaking Bad who ran Los Poyos Hermanos. Um, He is, I mean, he's like A-list talent. You know, he's he's a very serious actor. Um, he's set to have a much bigger role in season two, potentially season three. And of course, the Dark Saber, which we posit will bring in Ahsoka, maybe Sabine Wren, uh, Katie Sackhoff, um, potentially in that role. So quite an interesting little setup, but this article from Inverse posits that we will see a heck of a lot more. Again, not anything new, but more of Moff Gideon, more of the Dark Saber's um, mythology more than anything. And then it finishes, this article finishes on just like hyper speculation on season three, which is essentially, we don't know when it's coming. So, I mean, there's two paragraphs of it. There's a little bit of text from John Favreau in there saying that we're still working on it. We don't know when it's coming, all right? So, you know, there's a, there's always, it's a week just that will never go by in Star Wars whilst Disney Plus is out without news on The Mandalorian. Um, but the, the the armor thing was why we put this in there because this, the just go and look. We'll put the link in the show notes. Go and look at this new armor. It looks, just looks a little bit more Boba Fetty. It looks a little bit closer to um, what we expect a Mandalorian from the OG trilogy to look like. And I kind of just say this, guys, do you not find it kind of annoying sometimes when things do this, where, pretend, and this is only speculation because they might not do it, but where things start off all fresh and new, and then as time progresses, they just get more and more close to the original version of what we expected? So, like, as an example of this, and this is, like, really hyper-extended and totally speculative, but imagine five seasons into The Mandalorian, and he just looks a lot more like Boba Fett. Like that, 
like you see this all the time with like Batman and Superman and you see it with a lot of other things where it's like, oh, it's all really fresh. Oh, and by season two, he's got his new suit, which looks remarkably like every other suit that we've ever seen on TV. Like, do you know what I mean? That's a very bizarre thing that things like this do. And I hope they don't do that. Yeah, no, Rejo. Batman, the animated series. I think the first three seasons or first four seasons, Batman was this kind of, he had this, uh, his costume had this cool look. It had like this blue colour to it, this blue tinge, and it was a bit of yellow in there. It was very cool. And then when they got onto the, I think you'll see season five onwards, they changed it and it had like, it was all grey, dark greys and the black logo and stuff to make him look a bit more like the movie Batman's is kind of, you know, uh, literal dark night kind of thing, make him a lot darker. So that you can, that kind of happens, you know, as you transition through stuff, which is annoying really, because the, the, the best thing about the Mandalorian and its quality is that it doesn't follow anything else at the moment. It is its own, it's definitely its own thing and it's this fresh new thing. So the fact that it could, Maybe, you know, we don't know for certain, but could potentially transition into just being something that we recognise from everything else in Star Wars. Yeah, that would suck. But yeah, at the moment, it's doing all right. Because uh, like the other thing, it doesn't rely on those really big names, does it? It's still just rolling along on its own steam, which is great. So yeah, man, it's a trap to fall into. But I don't know. Oh, Kathleen, she might not be there in a few seasons. So be all right. She's getting the gun. (laughs) Doom cocked at her. Boom. Doom cock. (laughs) We love that guy. <laughs> we love that guy. Yeah, we'll see how that pans out. You know, it's, it's, it's an interesting one with The Mandalorian because there's opportunity to do such a good job of intertwining things, but at the same time to jump the shark by overdoing it. So that, I think, is the balance for season two and I think sets the tone moving forward. But we shall see. Now, to wrap up today's Spark of Rebellion, we have a brand new coffee table book which is brought to us, uh, courtesy, really, an announcement that came at uh, San Diego Comic-Con at home, which was the digital virtual event that Comic-Con did uh, a couple of weeks ago. And it's, it's basically, it's the coffee table book that, you know, we'll probably all end up getting at some point for a 10 on a sale, which is Star Wars The Lightsaber Collection. Now, it looks it looks all right, okay? So we're going to basically see all of, all of the lightsabers, everyone from Count Dooku, Asajj Ventress, right through to Anakin and Luke, to Rey, to Princess Leia, to Ben Solo, to Ahsoka Tano. We're basically going to see everyone, all of the lightsabers that we'd expect, Darth Maul, of course, and we're going to see, according to the tease on StarWars.com, at least one new lightsaber from the High Republic era, which is kind of feels like a bit of a, oh, look what you could get. Um, and we're going to see the Darksaber as well. So like, there's this new book, and I've got to be honest with you guys, like it's a decent coffee table book, but it just looks all right. So again, we'll stick a link in the show notes to it. But dude, like this just looks all right, doesn't it? It's not, I, I might have been yeah. cynical. No, 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 you're absolutely right. It's um, it's definitely a coffee table book. And it's the thing with it is it doesn't give us anything new from what I'm seeing so far. That's it. it. Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah, it's, uh, we've had all this stuff across various, like the data bank on starwars.com has all of this stuff already. We've seen it in games. We've seen it in other books already, like those big DK visual dictionary things and, and all that jazz. It's all It's all been there before. I think it's just a bit of a, let's put something out there to, it's typical Star Wars, man. I don't mean that in a in a negative way, but it's typical Star Wars in like, you know, we've not had a book about lightsabers in, in a while. So let's mm-hmm. do that because it's kind of clever in a way because Star Wars knows that, you know, younger kids coming up through the ranks, <laughs> they'll, uh, you know, dad doesn't let me read his books on Star Wars or, you know, my dad likes Star Wars, but he hasn't really got any books on it. So for Christmas, I want this. Thanks. Thank you very much. So, you know, it's that kind of thing, you know, it's nothing new, but... Maybe it's aimed at the younguns, the younglings coming up. It's not, yeah, I think it's about 20 bucks as well, 25 bucks. So, yeah, take it or leave it. Yeah, just get it for a tenner and the old book superstore warehouse thing on the high street at Christmas. That, it'll be in there. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know, I know what you're saying, dude. It's like one of those, it's sort of, again, it's like DC Comics where, you know, every couple of years it's like the complete anthology of every DC Comics character. And it's based on the versions of those characters then and there with a sentence thrown in about the comic book stories they've been in since the last version. You know, and it's sort of, 
I'm yeah, you're right. You know, we get these visual dictionaries all the time, and it just includes. Okay, now you've got Princess Leia's lightsaber because we haven't had a visual dictionary that includes that because the movie only came out in December. So yeah, it, it is that. It is that very very thing. But it, it doesn't look stunning. It just looks all right. But like you said, dude, you know, the, the cynic in me has overlooked the fact that actually, yeah, if it's your first time getting into this, then it could be pretty sweet. You know, certainly wouldn't pay twenty five bucks for it. However, I would pick it up for a tenner for my little nephew. Spot on. Yeah. I'd imagine it will be a, a Christmas present for a lot of people. Yeah. Where he likes Star Wars. There you go. Here's a Star Wars book. There you go. Oh, Job that's done. classic, that, isn't it? Like, you know, when you've got a hobby, people buy you everything. So, like, do you have those years <laughs> where it's like, oh, I've got a little bit back into Batman the Animated Series this year. So, for three months, you talk about it, you tell your missus about it, tell your mates about it. And then at Christmas, everything's Batman the Animated Series. And then the year after, it's like, oh, I'm into the Mandalorian now. Like, have you watched this? Me, yeah, me, me and the missus watched it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Boom, baby Yoda, 35 versions of it for Christmas, which is not <laughs> a bad thing. That's a very privileged position to be in. But it, like, you cycle it like that, don't you? Yeah. It's like this year, my hobby is Ferraris. Really, <laughs> in, really into Ferraris this year. Love them. That's weird, that, because mine uh, would fit perfectly with yours, because mine is strippers. So... You could put the strippers in the Ferraris. You could park the Ferrari outside the strip club. So. Exactly, yeah. Rock up in our Star Wars cosplay. A couple of hotties in the back. Who was that? Chewbacca. <laughs> Chewie. Yes, he is. Right. There's well, a this hobby has been for a- This has been a brilliant little session. Um, I've done most of the talking today, guys. Sorry. I've just, I don't know, nervous energy. You look so good that I'm nervous around you. Don't be nervous, dude. Don't be nervous. That sounds weird. Get away from me. A bit of a Rick and Morty thing going on here. I feel like Rick. Don't be nervous, Morty. It's fine. Yeah, the arse cheeks stay young and malleable still. Don't worry. (laughs) All right. Well... This has been a pleasure. Now I'm going to go and cry into my Chewbacca pillow. <laughs> no, listen, this has been good. Thank you to everyone for tuning in. Thanks to you, the ever-present listener. Um, it's, it's always good to chat, always good to kind of recap some of the news and Gaz to freak me out at the end. So that's always a winner. Thanks, Gaz, as always, my man. Go and check us out on patreon.com slash Rebellion, And, of course, on the socials if you want to get weird with Gaz at any point but uh, yeah it's always a pleasure and we'll see you next week guys cheers ears as always cheers ears indeed yeah thank you very much for uh, for talking lots for another week it's been great listening to you as always I don't mind chipping anything have you no no yeah. you're just carrying it mate but we knew that from the beginning uh, so. I credit other comedians so, well you're not a comedian but... yeah anyways uh, looking forward to the um, the uh, announcement coming up for the new Lego Star Wars video game whenever that bloody launches cool assholes Uh, but yes it's been great talking through all the news Um, until next week for episode 71 whoa 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 whoa, 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 hang on we missed something did we yeah it's Star Wars celebration date today oh it is yeah so we should get the Mandalorian trailer and maybe some other announcements how do we miss that we're not even Star Wars fans oh no what are we doing what are we doing here Losers. So we might get the Mandalorian because it's DC fandom and it's Star Wars Celebration Online. So we might get the Mandalorian trailer, season two trailer today. I think it's fairly odds on we'll get that. Yeah, that's a good point, mate. Yeah, I think they will do. So yeah, enjoy watching that later. That's going to be cool. Uh, So until next week for episode 71. Uh, Take care of yourselves. Stay safe. And may the force be with you always. Always.